Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, didn't have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got something in this bedding thicket. Um, Saving the spot. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. And deer season is so close, we can smell it almost, boys. It is just right around the freaking corner in the Midwest. As you, if you can't tell, I am ecstatic. I'm ready to get out there. I got bucks acting silly right now. They're probably going to change, but my hopes are high. I've found some killer bedding. Get in there. Boy, the weather holds. It could be it could be magical early. Um, but that all said, it, it could go to shit in a hurry, too. But um, this week, we have my good buddy Jake from Exodus on. He has got the golden ticket for Iowa. Took him five years to draw this zone. He's scouting some properties on some giant bucks. So we talked to him. We talk about multiples. We talk about running a podcast. You know, he's been doing it for longer than I have or just as long. We talk about, you know, what he's kind of got going on in Iowa, what his strategy is out there, what the bucks are looking like out there, um, what his plans of bouncing kind of Iowa to Illinois. Um, and then what is Illinois properties looking like, kind of his strategy for hunting this year, how he's going to change stuff, and uh, how he's going to go about hunting his home farm as well as, having that Iowa tag burning in his pocket. 
and we do some, you know, he asked me some questions about what I would do in the situation, uh, you know, about certain times of the year. And, um, you know, it, it's definitely a tough decision when you have that, that golden ticket in your pocket to go out there and, and make it happen. But um, if you haven't checked out Jake's podcast, uh, personal podcast, the land podcast, and uh, the uh, trail cam radio, you know, by Exodus, make sure and check those out. Huge amounts of content, um, super underrated. Um, the amount of work that these guys put in is astonishing. Um, if you're looking to get any trail cameras, cell cams um, from Exodus, uh, shirts, arrows, anything like that, make sure and use that code WL. Um, and, you know, you can get anything off their website with that discounted through the podcast. So if you're looking to get some arrows right before season, some custom built tailor built arrows, or if you're looking to get a couple more cell cams, you're on a buck and you just need that final little piece of info, uh, make sure and use that code WL. Uh, my Exodus update, like I mentioned before, um, man, the cams are looking juicy right now. Um, I found these buck bedding areas, um, transition lines coming out of them, and the bucks are doing silly stuff. I mean, uh, they're on the scrapes. They're separating out of their bachelor groups. They're kind of spreading out. And uh, I got two border lines, two for sure shooters, both all daylighting, um, thick into cover. The only problem would be getting in there and hunting them. That would be a challenge. Uh, but early season is the best time to do that with the cover and uh, you know no leaves on the ground and the foliage cover you can get in there and hunt these deer so definitely we'll probably be throwing some radical sets early season on these bucks um but the exodus update is looking sweet right now um the urban piece is slow that's the only thing i'm gonna say about that absolutely slow more dudes than deer out there right now that is the only kind of public piece that i'll be running cams on and hunting quite a bit um throughout the year but it's a i have to kill a doe out there before i can kill a buck so i'll go out there pop a doe early just in case a giant shows up i'll be able to go out there and and rumble with him um but um let's not forget our other our other buddy matt from rec broadheads if you guys are in the market um to get some broadheads right before a season here uh, make sure and use that code wlp that's going to save you 15 percent they got the fixed blades they got four blades they got mechanicals they got something new in the works i don't even know what it is they won't tell me um but um, they got the FX4. I'm shooting the two-blade expandables um, with the lock and retention ring. Love them. Flying true. Um, not a giant cutting two-blade, which I really like. Um, and, and just a solid head. And I love Matt, dude. Solid dude. Solid company. Running with his dad. Trying to live the American dream and create something in the outdoor industry. American-made product. Um, not much more you can say to that. I want to support the guy. I want to see the guy do good. I want to see him accomplish all his goal because he deserves it he's a solid dude um and uh i've been friends with him for a long time even before he had the broadhead company so i'm i love the opportunity to to represent his brand hopefully kill some bucks with him and if any of you guys are looking to uh get in get some new broadheads this year check out rec broadheads you you won't be disappointed with with what you're going to get there um, they're also just released a whole bunch of videos of him shooting the heads through all kinds of shit showing their durability which was cool um, withstanding some some tough shit out there uh but uh, i think that's it um oh pre patreon guys released an episode for you talking about the bucks i got shared some trail cam pictures of the bucks talking about kind of how i'm gonna hunt them a little bit of my strategy this year how i'm gonna kind of be doing shit a little bit different i'm hoping to get some feedback some comments on there gonna kind of dive in deeper with each buck on a post of how i'm gonna hunt him 
and then kind of add to it um, week by week of kind of the intel that I got. Um, as you know, all my direct hunting content, personal hunting content will be going directly through the Patreon account. Nothing on here. Um, been burned too many times in the past. So if that's something that you might be interested in, make sure and check out the Patreon uh, uh, links in the account. I'll be updating that. Um, they're going to know when I'm hunting, what I got going on, pictures of what I got, close calls, all that will be going on there. Um, the next seven days series is coming soon, guys. We're going to be starting releasing those. Uh, I think the first one is the 27th. That might be next week, guys. Um, and then you know the, the, the standard thing. You're going to be hunting with a different guest for the next seven days of what they're going to be doing in season, trying to give you quick, um, easy, digestible content um, directly driven for those seven days of the year and uh, got a lot of cool guests on, a lot of different uh, places of the United States talking about and uh, going to be running that through November. I am also going to be doing the, the uh, Rutcation podcast, releasing podcasts every single day for you guys um, from the 28th to the 15th of November, I believe is the dates. So we're looking at 18 podcasts there, maybe 19 if I do one early, every single day coming in your ear holes over and over, um, letting you, you know kind of what is going on. That will be the only time that I am talking about what I got going on hunting-wise, Who, if I'm filming someone, if I'm hunting, if I'm traveling, what I got going on. You guys are going to know. I'm going to release that every single morning, and you got to know what's going on, what the bucks are doing out there. If they're on the does. If they're hard to find, what's going on. So that will be coming out as well. As always, love you guys. Appreciate you tuning in to the episode. Let's get in and talk with Jake. Here we go. All right, we got my good buddy Jake on from Exodus. How's it going, brother? Man, I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, always great to hop on the YTA Legacy yeah, podcast. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy chatting with you. Um, the the on-air stuff and the off-air stuff kind of get caught up on your season. Um, I was thinking about it. I I don't know if it's a Patreon episode or what it was, but I think it's like four years that we've been, four and a half years that we've been kind of working together at first and more yeah. of a friendship after that. Um, so I appreciate the friendship, man. It's I'm losing more and more hunting friendships over the years, whether they're getting different jobs, they're, you know, getting kids or getting married. And uh, it's, it's cool to be like, I know, I wonder what Jake's doing, you know, like you're a guy that's solid that I can chat with and, uh, and always get a response from a text. Cause that's, that's hard to do sometimes these days, man. <laughs> For sure. Uh, don't don't call me because I we were going through my through through the office. Our uh, office voicemail somehow was full, and I was going through. I was like, "How many voicemails do I have? Two hundred and thirty oh, voicemails." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, text me. That's a good way to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I don't sure. text. I'm a text kind of guy. If you can rope me down for a phone call other than podcast, you I got some. I got something going on. I broke my leg or something. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Um, uh, but um, you're you got the golden ticket this year. I wanted to have you on to talk about that. Also, some other things we're going to bring up. Um, but before we get into that, uh, go ahead and do a brief introduction of who you are, and then we'll get right into the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Jake Hofer. Um, I bo- I was born and raised in Illinois, and I am the co-owner marketing director at Exodus, and I'm also a licensed real estate agent in the state of Illinois. So between those two things. Um, really busy. And then, uh, if I'm not busy, I'm usually doing something on a farm, just hanging, you know, doing yeah, work. No, you, tinkering. you really dove off into the, the land side of things uh, over the last few years and, um, uh, been having huge success, man. Every time I see a property go up for sale, I'm like, man, I probably should tell Jake about this thing. And 
Yeah. There's so many online auctions, man. It seems like everything auction now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, it's been a really good sales method, and not to get all real estate professionally, you know, on you and give you a sales pitch. But what what's happening is a lot of people when things were really hot, they didn't know what the true market value of a property was, and you know, at, in any market, the best way to find that out is at auction. And uh, I love watching auctions. I think even if I'm not bidding, my heart starts racing. I'll have a tab open with my thing. And like, oh man, geez, you know, I'm careful what I'm clicking on my computer. As well, just to kind of know for one, what it goes for and and who gets it, you know, and then, uh, but it's funny. I like, I see a lot of signs like easement and they're like market everything. So people can actually like visit the go see it as well um, for the online auction. But it's, it's a new world definitely for the, the land sales other than, Hey, I got this property from your local guy let's go walk it and see yeah. if it's something you're interested now you can get on there and be like what's available in illinois and just scroll and scroll and scroll and uh for me it's like yeah. keep dreaming keep dreaming keep dreaming <laughs> you'll get yeah. there man you'll get Not there for sure, sure. And I, I what i what i love about auctions too you know when you get to go walk it and uh, a lot of farms i have no interest in buying i just want to walk it just because i have my license i want to go walk it i want to see it i want to get an idea of what it feels like everything else. And then I can get an idea. Okay. I, I can see what it's sold mm-hmm. for and just use that as a comp for, you know, professionally. And then also just out of curiosity, because I, I love land and I, I think it's so fun to just try to figure that out. But uh, for anyone that's in the process of yeah, I'm thinking about maybe buying something, do that for two or three years and just get an idea, just get an idea. So you have an idea of, well, I know this sold for that, that sold for that. I went and walked it because the pictures and the listing and the map can sometimes be two drastically different things when you go and walk the parcel. Yeah, when they do the uh, the whole drone video showing everything, you're like, this thing looks like a gym. And then you walk it, probably you're like, ah, it's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's the yeah, exact yeah. opposite too. It's a, it's a photocopy of a map and you're like, ah, I don't know. And you go walk, it's like, wow, this place yeah. tore up. It's pretty yeah. sweet. But yeah, if anybody's in the process of looking to get land, they got to check out your your podcast. Um, your personal podcast, not the Exodus one, huge amount. I learned so much listening to that show of stuff that I had no idea you can even do um, options for a normal guy to maybe even think about it and kind of some plans to prepare yourself if that's something you want to do in the future. So, yeah, definitely. It's been a a fun, rewarding uh, project. I just got a message today from a guy. Hey, listen to the podcast. I just got an offer accepted on 20 acres. Awesome. That's exactly why I did it, you know, not involved in the deal whatsoever, but it's just, uh, you know, making it known that you don't have to make a crazy amount of money. You don't have to be this special person. Everyday people like you and me that just save up a little money and get started. And I think that's uh, it. It really lowers the the perceived barrier to entry. It's still hard. You still have to be focused. You still have to set some goals to do it. You're probably not going to accidentally fall into it, but it's so attainable. If that's what you yeah, want to do. Yeah, I, I, I greatly agree. Um, I was right there until we had the fourth kid and I put the home edition on and then it kind of went to, let's restart. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, one You'll day, get there. One day. I think one, you, one day I'll be. You, you, uh, from how it sounds like you're parenting your children, I think that'll be uh, probably more rewarding than any piece of yeah. ground. And then when you do get it, it's going to be that much oh, more yeah, special. It will definitely be. Um, I always told my wife, I said, I never want my kids to struggle to find ground. It'd be nice just to have a small chunk that they can go. It's shotgun season. I'm back from whatever. Let's go hunt. You know, unlike me, when I first moved up here, I'm trying to get a creek draw and nobody knows my name. My grandpa, my dad, no, nothing, you know, and they're like, no, we're not. You're an outsider. Yeah, that's tough. Don't, 
you know, don't, uh, don't come on my property. <laughs> so, um, before we get into the, into the Iowa talk, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, having a podcast in 2023. It's something that me and you experienced that a lot of the listeners probably don't understand. They listen to your show. Um, they listen to my show and it seems, seems great. You know, it seems like it's, it's the way to go. And one thing I want to hit on is, uh, it's changed so much over the years that we've been doing it. And it seemed like the huge change was like the COVID year. Don't you feel like there was something about that COVID year that put an impact on the content and hunting and the industry itself? I have no idea what it was, but solid, solid, solid. Eh, After, after that, it was kind of shaky. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I you know, that's an interesting point. I know, so we were up at the Great American, or no, we were at the Total Archery Challenge in Michigan, and uh, we had a guy helping at the booth, and he had Jeff Sturges out of his property. And I was like, well, how, how'd you get connected with Jeff? And he's like, I was at home on, uh, during COVID, and I was just scrolling around on YouTube, came across this guy, and he hired him and came out and looked at his farm. And I'm like, okay, so that's, you know, I think that story could be emulated many times across the board, and I think there was a lot of content consumption at mm-hmm. that time, and, and I think probably people kind of threw their hat in the ring and you know, they listen to us and they're like, man, if these guys can have yeah. a podcast, so can I. And rightfully so. <laughs> that's true. So yeah. And that, that's definitely true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's one really good thing. I think for people like you and I, we're hunting in the Midwest, we're hunting uh, similar types of terrain. So when I listen to your podcast and I hear your thoughts on, on hunting a, a piece, directly relates to, what I do or what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to get better at. And then I think the good thing is there's so many different podcasts across different parts of the country. So if you're a guy out East and you want to learn about that, there's probably a podcast or a specific set of guests that you can listen to and learn from. But I think, uh, I feel like, I just feel like we're at an interesting intersection of the world of podcasts. And I think even talking to, I ask everyone like what podcast are you listening to? Just friends that, that deer hunt or people that, just everyone I ask what podcast you listen to, and it's uh, a lot of people are just like, man, I don't really listen to many too, too many hunting podcasts anymore because I feel like I've listened to them all, and I I don't know, I, I'd be curious to to the people that listen to your podcast if they message you and said, what do you guys want to hear? You guys want to hear more guests? What topics? Because I think a lot of it, and this might be because you know collectively we've probably recorded almost like six hundred podcasts between the two of us. It's like I felt like we've talked about everything, and I and I don't I don't want to, that to come off as like a loser mentality because there's always things to learn. But um, I don't know. It's just it's kind of interesting. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, yeah, I I think that like you said, there's so much content. You don't know who to have on. You don't know what to talk about. You don't know what's going to relate to people. Um, but in my mind, there's always new people getting into hunting. So there's always a guy out there that is back at square one when you were, when you started your podcast, just the amount of knowledge that you've gained. They haven't done it for five years. So I don't know if we have a misguided conception of it because we have literally absorbed so much content just ourselves, um, uh, And they, you know, they haven't probably listened to every single one of our shows combined. You know, it's just like, maybe, maybe we are diving in, digging a little deeper than we actually need to be on it. But I feel like I'm overwhelmed by the amount of content. Um, even like YouTube, sure. you don't even know what to watch. There's just so much stuff. You don't know what to listen to. You don't know what to watch. And that's why I do the same thing you do. I cherry pick now. I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to this guy. I, I like him or 
I'll, this is a tactic that I, I think I'll dig. Um, I used to just listen to everything. I used to just listen to literally everything. And there's always little tidbits I could pull here and there, but there's always that episode. You're like, Oh shit, this is, this is the one, you know? And yeah, you're, you're that yeah, and listen to it yeah, again next yeah, year for and sure. Then you go back to it. But like you said, there's just, there's a lot of podcasts, a lot of saturation, but it would be really nice to know what the hell do people want to listen to. You know, what, what content would trick their trigger. So if you're listening to this message, me and message uh, Exodus and let them know that you know Trail Cam Raider. Let them know what you guys want to hear. Like what what do you guys want? You know, and and most of the time people probably don't even know what they want. You know, they just they're just trying to yeah. scroll along until something piques their interest and then they click play. Um, yeah. But it's crazy the people they come back and listen to me chatterbox every every week. Crazy. So <laughs> you do a good job. You don't give yourself uh, enough credit. Yeah. Uh, the the less strategic i am the better it, it ends up <laughs> if i have a giant mapped out strategy of what i'm going to do what i'm going to talk about um when i just ramble people i get more messages when i just come on here and ramble about junk than i do if i have like i'm like oh that was good that was solid the ones i'm just all over the board making jokes cracking <laughs> up that, that's people were like oh that episode was awesome i'm like well, I gave about thirty percent effort on that one, you know. <laughs> well, I, I think the I think the point there is just how uh, more conversational podcasts I think are easier to listen to, and I I know I'm guilty of this where you try to structure a conversation so bad because you know that you know the topic you want to cover, but the conversation you feel like you're just that you're driving your truck and it keeps pulling left, yeah. right, right. Oh, I got <laughs> to hit these points and and uh, and then like a lot of people don't know, you're always like looking at the time, watching your sound, you know, and you're like, okay, I need to hit this. We're kind of flatlining here. We need to change topic, you know, and, and it's just like you're trying to guide a conversation. Unlike what Joe Rogan, he just talks about there's no there's yeah, not aliens. There. <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's no sense. And, it, and it's three hours long and you're driving. You're like, I just listened to three hours yeah. of Joe Rogan and I don't even know. Yeah, what I listened yeah. to. And you don't even know what the hell you talked about. You, know, you can pick out like two or three things. <laughs> yeah. But if you there was a quiz at the end of it, you'd be like, I don't know. We talked about that or not. You know, you could probably pick mushrooms, aliens and some other shit. Guarantee that was in there. That's a for sure. <laughs> a for sure win. But there's a lot of stuff you're like. Um, you know, but he's just a good conversationer and maybe, maybe that's the route where it needs to go, you know, more, um, conversation. I was just looking at my episode numbers without the Rutcation podcast. I have 330 episodes right now. So this would be 331 episodes and then I have wow. the 18 and then the 18 on top of that of the 20 minute episodes for the season. So, uh, you know, that's another 40. So. Three three hundred and seventy episodes or so um, of of content out there, and you can even see it from even like the bigger podcast. Their content's changing, and less of the guests, less of the guys that host the show are even on there. They got someone running the show for them, and um, it yeah. just it's it's weird. And I know it's because they're feeling the same way we are. They're like, I need to get fresh blood in here that is excited to talk about this stuff and hasn't heard it, and. Uh, I wish I could go back and and start over and have the same enthusiasm I had on episode 13 when I had no idea what I was doing, um, and uh, you know the whole wow this is we're gonna do, this is gonna be big we're gonna make it man this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, well I think the uh, 
the lame podcast is fun for that because a lot of the people are just sharing their yeah. story. So it's super yeah. fresh. And I, I do like that. But to the, to your point of like, we run a business. I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, we run a business, we have payroll, we have to hit, we have goals, we have to hit, we have metrics. And, uh, so I, sometimes I think that takes a little bit of the pureness out of it. And I, and just being completely transparent, I mean, I, I'm still excited to record episodes, you know, every single week. It's just, you're looking at it like, all right, we're trying to lay out this map. We're trying to build this content schedule. We need to have these clips, these clips, these clips for October, November, late season clips, early season clips, do you hunt mornings in October clips and all these different things. And, uh, it's, it's fun, but, uh, I just, at the end of the day, our, our, our ethos of Exodus is to help educate people and help people become more successful. And I want to know if, if what we're doing is doing that, or if we need to pivot or if people want to learn different things, or if they're like, Hey, we got this, but we just want to hear stories. I remember like and, uh, your first, first three episodes, dude, the amount of shit I learned right off the rip from you guys about this trail cams. And uh, yeah, I was all chat. I didn't have anything to add there. <laughs> crazy how much I was learning. I was like, damn, I've been doing this wrong forever. You know, it's just insane. Um, but, but the point the people learn that people yeah. learn that. Like now they know. Yeah. I thought about doing a, you know, just having the conversation is is the the easiest form of podcasting as well for for me and you. Like we don't have to really make a plan, decide what we're going to talk about. And uh, I thought about like all the off season, just doing Legend of the Woods. That is it. Any guy that does not want to go into a magazine, you know, because that's half the battle. You got to find a guy that's not, you know, True. already signed to not share the info to a magazine. And literally just share stories of giant bucks for the whole entire nine months and then go back into content. Um, extremely easy for me, pretty recordable to end the end of time. You could, record a, there's always going to yeah, be giant bucks. You could record killed. nine months of content in a month, like and run it. Um, and I've thought about doing that. Like, would it be, would people like it? I don't know, you know, but I feel like, like you said, there's so much content, but there is not a just strictly story based podcast out there where people are just talking about their hunt, you know, and if you're, if you're sitting around a campfire, that's probably what you want to hear. You don't want to hear, you know, the last seven years I've been doing this style and it's been all right. And then I'm hitting these scrapes and you're just like, dude, tell me a story of a buck you killed, you know, <laughs> like let's hear the good yeah. shit. Um, but, uh, well, it, and I, I think, so when I was in college, I wrote for a website called Wide Open Spaces. I wrote over 600 articles over three or four years. And at that time, at the, towards the end of me writing articles, if you would have asked, hey, do you think you would record 300, 400 podcasts? I would have said no. So now we're up to three, 400 podcasts recorded. And that's where I usually have a pretty good gut check like on what's next, what's next, what's next, what's the next form of media? What's, what's, how are people going to you know, inquire new information? And I feel like we're getting to that point, but I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> when I do, Either. I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, podcasts were screaming hot. And I know they're still pretty, pretty hot, but I feel like less people, I even see less posts from podcasts. Like there's just not as much going. And I feel like a lot of them are going to evaporate and there's going to be a few that are running. There's going to be less content available. Um, but you're going to have to weigh, find a way to, to keep the content entertaining and maybe being less strategic is better, you know, than, than, uh, cause there's, there's bucks you see on social media, giant bucks, 
you know, and you're like, man, I wonder what the story is. And you never know. You just see a picture mm-hmm. and, a, and a tailgate, you know, you never know the story of what's going on with that deer. Um, so that might be, I, I need to ask the audience. I need to ask the people to listen if that's something they would enjoy, you know, cause then you, or you run it for six months and you're like, man, the numbers are shit. I gotta, I gotta go back. <laughs> <laughs> then you would know that's one way to figure out. Um, true. Most people be like, that's yeah, true. you get five messages and then 98 other people will be like, no, I'm never going to listen to that, but they're not going to message you, you know, <laughs> and tell you, Hey, that yeah, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I need. I need people to go, Hey, this shit sucked. It's do better you know like okay thanks yeah. for letting me know uh, hey that i'm i'm a big uh i'm a big believer in in feedback not uh i think I, any form of feedback yeah. is good that's the only way you get yes. better in any facet sure. of life all right well let's move on and let's talk about your your golden ticket tag so let's talk about your tag and your zone a little bit before we dive into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty yeah so i had five points so it's the the point creep of Iowa is very real, and I experienced that wave. So I, when I had three points, I put in for a unit that I should have drew, and uh, didn't end up drawing. So then I had four points, and I was like, okay, well, and now I got to go for one of the hard hard unit draws. And then I put in with four, like, oh, you got about a 50-50 chance to draw. Didn't draw. Then I had five points, and then I I did draw. And the crazy thing is for this unit, some people did not draw even with five points. So that means you're gonna need six points. So. Um, Drew a drew a zone that is harder to draw. I mean, there's you can if you Google that, you can probably figure out which one of the two zones that is. But um, so that's where I'm headed, and man, I'm super excited. And I don't have rose colored glasses on. I understand it's still hunting. I understand I'm just not going to show up and accidentally kill a giant. It may may happen, but I'm not counting on it. And uh, I'm just, I'm just super excited to go and hunt. Arguably, one of the best places in the country to hunt whitetails and just smell that fresh air and ride that wave and whatever that wave is, I'm, I'm going to be grinning. And I know there's going to be some things that'll happen that are going to be frustrating, but I'm just, I'm just ready to, I'm just ready for the wave, man. I'm just, it's something five years is a long time. I know time goes fast, but that's a long time, man. And, um, it's, it's like, I was so far away from some people, but it's so close to us, you know, and you hear stories of like, I remember when I was hunting, um, and Ryan Glitzky was hunting in Iowa. And I do we everybody and their brother was struggling over here. Every single person that I knew was struggling. Ryan Glitzky's in Iowa having the best hunt he's ever had in his life. A whole entire week. All over Buck. Shoots yep. a giant. He's like, I'm seeing the eight or ten bucks a day, man. It's crazy. I'm rattling in all kinds of deer. I'm like, dude, I gotta go eventually. Like it's just to experience it. But it hopefully it doesn't burn you for forever you're gonna come back to illinois and be like this is trash well so i've been out to iowa three times this summer and every time i get home and then i drive you know take the deer lap and i'm like why do i live here man like this is the habitat is so similar but it sucks here man like i'm still i'm very thankful i'm very happy i live where i do and everything else but the like the white tail nut in me is just like man it's just, it's just something different. It's hard to explain if you haven't been out there, you haven't drove around and glass, you know, bean fields and alfalfa fields in the summer and then come back and do it here. It's just two different things. And I think <coughs> that's what makes it so special too. So, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, but there's someone probably listening to this in Michigan right now. And like, dude, don't yeah, even complain. Don't, you don't yeah. even know what struggle yeah. is. <laughs> so, so I'm assuming it's going to be, uh, is it going to be a short trip or a multiple short trips or what, what's your kind of strategy? Uh, 
So Iowa is my top priority this year uh, by far. So I plan on going out and hunting as many cold fronts as I can. And uh, I think during the peak of the rut, um, I'll probably be out there for longer durations of time. But I mean, it's really not that terribly far for me to bounce back and forth. Yeah. So my plan is to to treat Iowa like it's my home state and go back and forth, except the farm I'm hunting is just a little bit further. So that's, that's my thought process and strategy. And, uh, it'll probably evolve throughout that. So I actually, um, through the, through podcasts, I mean, that's the thing when you record so many episodes, you get to meet so many like-minded individuals that are extremely, extremely nice and generous. And so, um, Steve Hansen, someone that we recorded with, and he's letting me hunt one of his farms. And it's pretty cool because what I didn't want was the experience where you show up and they're like, uh, there's a stand hung over there, go hunt it on this wind and, and let us know what you see. I didn't want that. I didn't want that at all. So he ended up buying a farm this spring and the second time he ever walked it. So he walked it before he bought it and then he closed on it. And so the second time he ever walked it, we were with him and we're hanging cameras, we're scouting it, we're breaking it down. We're like marking trees on Onyx. And so to me, that was such a special part of the process. I haven't hunted out there, but to me, that was so great to think like, oh man, this time of year, this would be really good. Uh, have cell cameras out there seeing what bucks are out there. Like, oh man, I definitely shoot that deer. Or like, oh man, I, I want to get another picture of that deer, see how old he is or get an idea. So that was, uh, that's the process there. Just basically hunting it like it's a brand new farm. And uh, dude, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, I would be. I'm excited for you, man. I can't wait to to follow you along out there and, and see how, how it goes. Because that's something with me is I got a buddy, you know, Brian, he hunts in Southern, El mid central Southern Illinois. And he always kills giants on public, literally constantly. He, he owns Good Set Mobile. He killed a, a booner on public last year. Um, wow. Just he'd be a great guest if you haven't him on the show. Um, he's a real, really knowledgeable, gung-ho public land, gung-ho bow hunting um, guy and hyper, hyper um, successful. Um, but he's like, man, come on down, hunt with me. We'll go down here. We'll bang on this public land. And I, in my mind, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go down there and kill a giant. And forever, I'm going to look on the wall. I'd be like, I put in zero effort, zero time to, to kill that yeah. deer. And it's really cool that you had the opportunity to go out there and scout it with him, kind of pick the trail cam areas, pick where you wanted to set. Now, if I went down there and scouted for three, three four days with him and kind of picked out a couple areas and we talked about it and I went and killed one, yeah, it'd be an awesome memory. But for me to just go down there and hunt off of him like i just i would i can't dig that he offered it last year i was you know struggling i had missed the buck he's like dude come down he's bucked out he's begging me to come down you know <laughs> he's already killed he killed a really nice old age class deer early in october then killed one um late october in november he's bucked out um and he's like dude come down i i got bucks daylight and like, like we can map it and i'm like can't do it dude i can't be though so um it, it it tweaked my arm a couple times like man it's not that far just hop in the truck roll down there kill a giant <laughs> right <laughs> roll out you know and uh we talked about it this year and he's like i don't care what you do you're coming down this year no matter what i'm like all right we'll try to make something happen this year um but i'm like i want to like go to the public with you and we just break off and we hunt different spots you know you kind of say over here is pretty solid. And then I take it from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's a giant circle. Yeah. Use your wits to yeah, go yeah. from there. <laughs> just, just to kind of, you know, feel like you're in the game a little bit, but 
nothing against anybody that goes to outfitters, but it just wouldn't be for me. Um, but it's, it's awesome that you had that option to, to do that. Super, yeah, super lucky to do that. And if that wasn't the case, and I probably would have entertained going to an yeah, outfitter. Just because the tag's um, so hard to get in Iowa. You want to make, make it count, man, and, and, and try to make it happen. Um, our good buddy Garrett, uh, he just went on the mule deer yeah. hunt on that public ground. And uh, that yeah. was a less than 1% success rate. Wow. I'm like, God. And, you know, of course he got it done. He's a freaking, freaking nature. Yeah. I'm yeah. just killing shit, but, and the story's epic, you know, and, uh, I want to have him on hopefully before the content comes and tell, tell the story, but it's just like less than 1% chance on that public. Like that's when, you know, yeah. you are in good hands and you are also a good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, he had some buddies out there that kind of knew the area and helped him out in glass form and stuff. But if, if you, if you were like, Hey, it's a less than 1% chance you're going to kill a nice buck out here. You're going to go to an outfitter. And that's kind of like Iowa. You've been waiting five years to go. Like, and you're yeah. going to Iowa, nothing against killing an okay buck. You don't want to just kill an okay buck. You know, you're like, put me no. on the biggest dog you got. You know, I'm here. I'm here to <laughs> right. get a home run, dude. I ain't getting a double. You know, I'm going to get it out of the park, you know. Um, you'd rather almost get it out of the park than even play the game, you know, at, at that point. You're swinging yeah. for the fences. Uh, at least that's the start yeah. of the trip, yeah. for you, sure. You want to, you know, later in the year, you might be like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll fill this tag. But at the start, you're like, I ain't, I ain't messing around, you know. And um, you, I would definitely think about going to an outfitter if that was the case. But, like, yeah, the, the, the next time I go west – for like an elk hunt or something like that, I'm 100 percent going. Yeah, to it's just, unless you know no somebody out there, you you just got to because they. It's just a. I I hope after my kids are grazed, you know, maybe when they're older, I got to go west, man. It, I keep hearing stories. Garrett keeps talking about it. I'm gonna make it happen. It's just not in the cards for me right now with what I got going on, but I feel like once I do that, I might not ever want to come back and hunt whitetail. It's just like just the ability to go and get stuff, you know, like see stuff, hunt stuff. It's like a completely different game, you know? And that's the most frustrating part about yeah, whitetails. Sitting there if we waiting, get to be honest, you're like, yeah. And you know, okay, so you're hunting a 20 or a 40 acre track and you're like, I know where that darn thing yeah. is bedded. And I know where it's like, I just, well, I'm just hoping he oh, takes a yeah, detour. It's goes south what I'm out of his bed. For. Like I know where he's at, but I can't go get him, you know? And uh, there's so many times in the year I'm like, I'm really certain that he's in that bed. And then you're like, is he going to get up? Do I even go in there? Am I going to be taking my stand down while he's walking out? Like when you're out there, you're like, okay, let's throw a shot at him. You know, <laughs> like let's go and try to kill him. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like what the white toe drilling guys do. You know, they're just like, let's go for it, True. dude. <laughs> Send it. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, how – you know, don't give away all the deets, but how's the how's the scouting trail cams looking out there? Pretty solid, man. Um, very happy with with uh, some of the deer that are on there. I'd say there's three really solid bucks. Um, one of them that's a really heavy eight pointer with a big old bonus point coming out of his brow that is definitely mature that I would love to shoot. But the thing is, it's uh, the way the terrain is, or I should say, what the way the habitat is. I would have to imagine as we talked on the Exodus podcast, when those crops come out, 
things start moving around. I have to imagine there's going to be some new bucks that show up too. So that's kind of where I'm keeping a loose grip. As of right now, I feel pretty good that I should have some opportunities and uh, I'm optimistic that there'll be some more ones that, you know, that show up. Or man, when you're like, I got one tag, you know, you go out early, you got like a real solid buck out there. You're like, ah, man, good. That's the debate. That's Rut's coming. (laughs) Like, going to be a call, man. I know that's a debate that I was talking to my wife. I was like, man, what if I go out to Iowa? And obviously the, the likelihood of this is very low. I go out to Iowa or in, I don't know, the first cold front in October, I end up you know, shooting a really solid buck. It's like, do I feel, well, I feel like I cheated myself from hunting the quote unquote Iowa yeah. rut. And I don't, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to see what yeah, feels see right. See what feels right. But man, the way, the way Ryan Glitzky talks about the rut out there, it's, there's 140s everywhere. 140s. <laughs> it's like people make a joke about Illinois Midwest. 140 behind every tree. That's what he makes it sound like out there in Iowa. It's just. I'm sure some neighborhoods are like that, and I and I have to imagine there's other spots where maybe it's not yeah. like that. And kind of going into a, 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 I'll call it a foreign area because I really don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the area, but I don't. We'll see what happens. Like I said, that's kind of my approach to this is uh, treating it as a very special experience because that's yeah. what it is. And uh, not letting not letting anything sour it, yeah, no matter that's what. The best because... way to look at it, take it as a an adventure with the chance to kill a really nice buck. But in the end, it's it's an adventure of you're going to learn a shitload, be in a new area, and you got that freshness like you talk about. You're hunting a different state, different bucks, not your home turf. Um, yep, something special. But it's just like getting a new piece of ground. You know, it's just something special about. Yeah. That. It's the excitement. Yeah. You don't know. And you're just trying to figure it out. And it's not, uh, well, I know I need to be in this area at this time of the year because historically, yeah. you know, you're going to have an opportunity and, and there's parts on that farm where I feel confident in saying that, you know, if you do spend time in there during that time of year, you should have an opportunity, but I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm super excited for it. And one thing that this is another debate I had, I'll ask you what you would do. Okay. So Illinois shotgun season, we, as we know, is the third weekend in November. In Iowa, it's still archery season. Their gun season comes in December. Would you be in Iowa with a bow in the third week of November, or would you be in Illinois with your shotgun? I'd be in Iowa. I'll be an Iowa tag. I don't know if that. I don't know if that time of the year, it, that state is the same as this state for that time of year. But that's the time of year that big daddies are cruising. For me, I agree. Yeah, and what shuts it down is the shotgun season mm-hmm. in Illinois. Yeah. And so I'm thinking to to hunt the true peak rut when those mat- like those five six year olds yeah. are looking for looking the next doe. Doe, and they they haven't had that gun pressure yet. It might be. Uh, I, you know what I, uh, Cody Hoon, we we recorded the next seven day podcast series, and he was talking about that time frame. Um, and he's like that. He hunts Iowa. Um. And he's like, mm-hmm. that is the absolute best time to hunt for those absolute giant bucks is during that time. So when that podcast comes out, you have to listen to that and make and see if it weighs you um, any because he seems to have the most success on big giant bucks during that time, just like we do over here. Um, so okay. I, that just dawned on me that when you said that, when we he's like, because I kind of asked guys what they want, what dates they want. And I had him on for one of the next seven days episodes. And he's like, I want that. You know, I want that. When everybody's almost done hunting. They're burnt out because they just spent two weeks hunting. That's when it's finally getting really, really good. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the same thing with here. You know, 
that right before gun season, it's awesome. And then gun season comes and it's, you know, it just shuts everything down. And then there's like a lull for five days and then Thanksgiving's there and it's awesome again. Like that weekend. Awesome. Yeah. You know? So be interesting to see that time frame. that weekend. That's awesome. Here should be, you know, no pressure. Dynamite. The same area, kind yeah. of area there. And man, you can always hunt Illinois shotgun season. Good point. Yeah. It's like, Good point. You know, the, the thing about gun season for me is don't get me wrong. I'll sling lead like nobody's business out there. I've been called a gun guy in the industry by multiple different people. Um, and I, <laughs> I got blaze orange yeah, today. So what are you I'm, talking? Not, I'm not a guy that's afraid to do that, but the amount of adrenaline and stuff with a bow compared to a gun is completely different. And when I get the gun out, I'm like, let's go to work. I finally feel deadly. I feel like I finally like, all right, you just got to step out, buddy. You just got to step out and it's over. You know, <laughs> like I, yeah. my, uh, my, my rate of success in my mind goes way up. But then every year it's so high pressured that I'm like, man, this is junk out here. <laughs> you know. Uh, but the year I killed freeze, man, I was like, I just got to get in this, in this area within a hundred yards of where I think he's going to cross and do not leave. <laughs> and it worked, you know? <laughs> so I just feel That's like true. I got, you know, the odds are forever in your favor when you got a gun in, but you can hunt that the rest of your life. You can't hunt Iowa during that time frame Cause if you don't go out there, you're going to be like, man, I wonder what it's like out there right now. When you're sitting in yeah. the shotgun stand, you're not seeing anything. You're like, man, I wonder what it's like out there right now. But if you're in Iowa, you know. So if it takes another five years to draw a tag, you're like, man, I'm not going during shotgun season because that was a bust, you know? Yeah. At least you know. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, some of my best hunts are the Thursday before yeah, shotgun like, season or like the Wednesday before shotgun yeah, that season. That time right before shotgun season, like most of the time, that's when I'm my vacation wrapping up and I have just a magnum on cam in daylight. I'm like, God, last year, the big one that I was hunting on public that was probably in the nineties, maybe bigger. Um, I hunted him, had him going with a doe group on cam, went in there and I was like, all right, how long is he going to be with this doe group? Three does, I'm like three days, four days, you know, it, crazy, four days. So third day I went in there, last day of vacation, set all day, didn't see anything. Snow came in that night. I go to work the next day, nine o'clock in the morning, exactly where I hung that stand right in front of the cam that sucker there uh, walking 25 yards from where I would have had that stand the right wind same wind as yesterday come off those does the fourth day I'm like oh my gosh like a day off man of and I had just I hunted the same tree two days in a row all day <laughs> and then the oh third day is there at 9 a.m I'm like oh my yep you know, when I spooked him, you, you never know. But he was there, and he wasn't there the day before that. Um, uh, but that third day, I did see those does, that doe group, and he wasn't with them. So I was like, man, maybe mm -hmm. it's over. You know, maybe he went off, and and he could have bucked off and then, you know, doing a circle back, coming back through his area. Um, but that fourth day, he was there, man. So that that's what had happened. You'd be shotgun hunting here, and you'd have – a cam go off there and there's a, a, you know, legendary buck out there looking for a doe, you know, and you'd be like, I messed True. up. If you, if you do that here, 
you can be like, I'll get him second shotgun season. If you're in Iowa and you get a picture, you'd be like, nah, I get him second gun season. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I get a muzzle loader season. <laughs> he's in trouble. I get a muzzle loader season. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah. So, True. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, that, well, let's wrap up the golden ticket before we end this. I want to know kind of just for myself, how's your season looking up here in Illinois? I mean, what you got going on for bucks or how's it looking? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's solid. That's the best I'll say it. I mean, I haven't really found a quote unquote giant. There's one deer that uh, I'm really excited to hunt, and I don't know. I mean, two years ago, I bought my first farm two years ago, and there was a buck on there that I was really solid. Probably it had to be at least five, I would say, when I got pictures of him. And he rutted on the farm. He was there late October for a very short stint. And the neighbors was corn that year. This past year, so the season of 2022, it was beans. And that late September, very couple first days of October, he was on camera a ton. And he disappeared until very tail end of the rut and then kind of hung around in uh, the late part of the season. So this year it's corn. And uh, I actually I brought in a dozer, put in a new plot, and uh, put in a, put up a blind. So like I'm full full on private land guy now. So <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. And, uh, so actually I just got a picture of him here today. I was, uh, talking to a buddy and I was like, man, I don't think I've had a picture of him for a month, which I was kind of happy about. Cause I'm like, I'm hoping he shifts yeah. to this farm like he did the year before. And that's exactly what happened. So I got him on a scrape, uh, this morning and, uh, he didn't put on a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, inches, but still a super solid deer. So I'm really excited about that. And then I've just been, uh, I've been nerding out on habitat like crazy. I mean, at my house here, I've, uh, Basically, every evening where I don't have something going on after work, I'm out there with a chainsaw and killing honeysuckle and spraying it. So I, uh, I'm just trying to make the habitat better and, and learning all these different things. I mean, if you would have asked me three or four years ago, like, okay, what's this, what's this oak tree? I'm like, oh, it's an oak tree. Now I'm like, oh, this is a chinkapin. That's a bur oak. That's a white yeah. swamp. <laughs> that's a swamp white oak. That's a white oak. That's a red oak. And so just, uh, the amount of plants I can identify even compared to a couple of years ago is really fun. And I think that's opened up a whole new area of of stuff that i can learn so much and it, it also i'm talking to different guys asking them different things about this or that and it's been so fun learning all these different things so my home farm here i'm i'm really as of right now really not even planning on honey that much and uh, planted 2,000 trees this spring and uh it's just been it's been so freaking fun and i've enjoyed it and uh just looking at it from i bought that farm two years ago too looking at that from two years ago to what it looks like today and then imagining what it's going to look like in three or four years yeah. or five years, it's going to be a completely different place. And that to me is really exciting and rewarding. And I'm, I'm kind of glad it's kind of a sick way to say it, but I'm kind of glad that the hunting's not great right now because now I know this was the baseline, but in three or four years after all of this mm -hmm. work, what yeah. is it then? And so hopefully it's better. I don't know if it will be, I have to imagine it will be, but um, that's been really fun. And I still have, I still have a handful of cameras to go out and I'm just keeping it very, very loose grip and uh, similar to your strategy from what you were talking about, like just rolling with the punches, um, not overthinking things. And last year I struggled for a long part of the season. I mean, I had a close encounter uh, late October, like during the scrape week, I had a buck 40 yards, just a, a really solid deer, like 156 by five. And, uh, you know, didn't, didn't close the distance. And from there I struggled for the end of October, struggled for the first week of November had some encounters that seven, eight, nine passed my best year. I think it was on the 10th of November. And so it wasn't really struggling at that point, but it got to that at that point in the season where it's like, what I'm doing is not working. So I need to do something different. 
and so it's it's actually kind of funny. Uh, the same friend I was talking about, he said, "Have you ever? You know, we're sharing pins nonstop. Where are you hunting tonight?" And he's like, uh, "You know, what do you think about this spot?" We're bouncing ideas back, you know, almost every single day. And he's like, "What about this spot?" And I was like, "Dude, that's such an obvious spot. Like, no way." And uh, so I hung a camera up there. I was like, "Holy crap! There's a buck. There's another buck." <laughs> so I went, and, I went and hung a set in there, and I ended up wounding a deer, unfortunately. But that was uh, just one of those eye-opening things. Like I've walked by this place a million mm-hmm. times. If just it's too dumb. It's just two logging roads intersected where there's a drainage where your scent can shoot straight down it on northwest wind, and the deer just travel right there. And I mean, I, I had so many good encounters. So that's kind of my thought process going into this. Uh, I've taken down a lot of stands, and uh, just being uh being more mobile not out of necessity but out of really thinking okay what's the wind direction what's some information that i had and just going going and trying i think that uh when i started doing that i had a lot more success or at least opportunities so that's that's kind of what my what my game plan is which i'm really excited about and dude i just look at every season every single season opportunity to get better i have enough humility to understand that i'm not any more special than any other deer hunter out there very average deer hunter, but you know, that's a good thing. Cause I have the opportunity to get better every single season that comes down to shot execution. That comes down to, uh, thinking things through, but not overthinking things and just being observant, looking at tracks, like all these different things and not relying on cameras. Cause I think it's, uh, I think everyone probably goes through that evolution as a deer hunter where you get a couple good years in a row and you're like, Oh yeah, you know, Oh yeah. And then, and then you have one year that's just like, damn, I suck. I got to get better. And that's what last year was to me. So I'm excited to improve this year. Yeah. That was what last year for me was too, as I was just like, I had so many encounters with bucks just right on the edge of killing so many times. I'm just like hyper stressed about it. I'm like, I got to rope it back. Just like you keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what they say. So yeah, but I'm I'm pretty excited. I got I got permission to a new piece here a month ago, and it's a pretty large track. And so I have cameras out there, uh, hung ten cell cameras, and there's there hasn't been anything really exciting on there yet. But you know, I think back to a lot of the deer I end up either shooting or hunting really hard. A lot of times I don't even get pictures of them until let's say October fifteenth, seventeenth, maybe the twenty second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and so it's like okay, I'm not nervous right now, but. If we get to November and I'm still talking like this, then I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> but I still got an Iowa text. Yeah, who cares? cares? <laughs> Have a great year, man. So, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. super excited to follow your season and what, you know, I'm going to be living through you out there in Iowa, just like I was living through Ryan Gliske out there. Moose just dropping a giant text me. Dude, he's a deadly man Jane. in Iowa. Deadly man anyway. What's that? said he's a deadly man in Iowa, and then I said he's really pretty yeah, deadly yeah, anyway. Yeah, but I'm sure, think about sure, it. But yeah, it, was, it was fun following him along. So I expect some test, text messages when you're headed out there. Let me know what you got popping. So I'll probably be struggling here like normal. <laughs> no, man, this is your year, no, I feel. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. I got uh, – if stuff doesn't change right now, I'm feeling pretty decent. I'm feeling pretty decent, but we still got some days. We still got some days. We got really good weather right now too, which I feel – going to change right when october hits it's gonna be 85 every day and um they're just not gonna be there but man right now it's best most daylight pictures of bucks ever this year that i've ever had um this time so we'll see if that Mm -hmm. changes hopefully not shouldn't be no one mess with them so uh, yeah but finding some good good bedding areas um getting into them is going to be the challenge 
Yeah, that'd be the that'd be the hard part. But finding them is the hard yeah, part. So we'll see. There. So all right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Cody. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jake. I'm fired up about it. I cannot wait to follow along with his season out there in Iowa. What a five years to get a tag, man. That's insane. Um, so really excited to follow along with that. Like I mentioned before, if you guys are looking for any more whitetail content, make sure and check out Trail Cam Radio. If you're interested in any land purchases, land improvements, um, just knowledge about land sales in general, make sure and check check out Jake's personal podcast. Um, and uh, like I said, if you're in the market for any any trail cams, you can support uh, Jake personally by purchasing Exodus trail cams, um, arrows, etc. Um, but like always. Appreciate you guys tuning all the way to the end, coming back to the show once again to let me fill your ear holes with some whitetail talk. Um, Love you guys. Like always, if you need to get a hold of me, I'm always here. Don't be afraid to reach out. Another shout-out to my Patreon boys. Love you guys. Appreciate you for supporting the show in a huge way. Um, Really, really appreciate it. Um, Like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. And deer season's in a freaking week, guys. Let's go. Whitetail Legacy is out.